In a moment, Gareth Jones on speed. But first, there's just time for a brief look forward to a new programme coming up later. Influences is a documentary series in which famous sportsmen talk about the people who moulded them. This week, Brazilian F1 driver Rubens Barrichello. Aye, that's right. People say that my period driving for Stuart, studying under the Scottish racing driver Jackie Stewart, was a big influence on me. But I can't see it myself. By the way, do you like my trues? It's a Brazilian tartan. You haven't got any haggis, have you? And you can hear that full interview with racing driver Rubens Barrichello later on. But first, it's time to rev up for Gareth Jones on speed. I'm from Sao Paulo, you know. I am. In this edition of Gareth Jones on Speed, a unique interview with Pakistan's first international motor racing star. You're going up against, you know, Jos Verstappen. You're sitting there and you think, can I really do it? But then when you actually beat them, that's just a great feeling. Our parlour game for petrol heads is back, and so's Violet, with a fiendishly high-tech game of Carnections. I'm just going to randomly now hand the controller to Richard... And ask you to close your eyes, Richard, Okay, Um, You're opening your eyes. And in a new regular strand, Sniff Petrol brings us a characteristically sideways glance at the motoring headlines. In this podcast, driving impressions of the Bugatti Veyron. Jean Tote gets mobbed and Takuma Sato completes the set by crashing into himself. All that and an awful lot more right here in the fourth ever edition of Gareth Jones on Speed. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones. I'm Zog. And uh, I guess the most important thing, Zog, that we could do is discuss this fantastic um, F1 season that's just finished. We have had a great year, I think. Um, Fernando Alonso, very worthy winner. Although that said, Raikkonen could equally have deserved to win the title. If you were awarding the title purely on merit, I think it could have gone to either of those two drivers. But the main thing for me is that, uh, you know, this has been a year of transition. We're seeing the, the end of the kind of monolithic Schumacher-Ferrari domination. And uh, it's the new guys. It's Alonso and Raikkonen. And uh, I think it's going to be fantastic uh, watching the scraps over the next couple of years. So you think that the Schumacher dynasty is over? I do, yes. Absolutely. I think it is. Uh, you know, we've seen not just that... Uh, you know, of course, Michael is beatable and always has been, and he and he has been beaten. Hey, Damon used to thrash him all the time. <laughs> and, and Micka, you know, yeah, yeah, true worthy enough. Worthy opponent. They had some great battles, and obviously, Micka got the better of him a lot of the time. Um, and you know, and it's easy to forget that Michael does make mistakes. He's he's vulnerable under pressure. It's just that for a lot of the a lot of the races in the last few years, he hasn't been under enough pressure and he's had such a good car under him that uh, yeah, the other drivers haven't been able to take the challenge to him. This year, Ferrari didn't come up with such a great car. We can see that despite the amount of money that they spend, you know, they don't always get it right and other people can build better cars. That's what happened this year and you know, we'll be seeing that happening again and again. We'd, you know, it, it, normal service has been resumed. What about the other guys, the other pretenders to the throne? I mean, you and I are both Montoya fans. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say that I th- he's been disappointing this year, I think. At the same time that McLaren have got a lot more out of him than Williams did, he's just made a few too many mistakes. Um, and, you know, I think you almost see it in his body language and the way he's talking. He's, you know, he's, 
even if he's not sort of saying it explicitly, he's kind of apologising for not delivering as much as he can because he's a fantastic racer. He's a great driver, you know, and uh, I'd he, like to see him have a season where he doesn't make those mistakes. He's been unlucky, though. I mean, he bust his shoulder in that tennis, or was it uh, a motorbiking accident? It, yeah, and it doesn't matter what it was. You know, Bernie's head popped up through um, a storm drain in China <laughs> and consequently punched a great hole in, in the bottom of his car, and he was in a good position then, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. And has been in a good position on a number of occasions when things have gone wrong. Now, I remember in the last episode of this show, we said that... McLaren were probably going to take the championship. Well, the, that the didn't constructors' happen. championship. The constructors' championship. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they struggled early in the season to build a car that would last a race. Yeah, Renault plodded on very, very carefully and got points in the bag, and consequently won the championship. Yeah. And along the way, gave Alonso a car good enough to win the championship. In is that the right result? Do you think? Do you mean is it right that the the more reliable car rather than the faster, less reliable car, ultimately won? Uh, I would say um, no. <laughs> you know, you know, I like the fast, unreliable cars. They're more exciting. I think, I think as a motorsport fan, I would agree with you as well. So there we go. F1 is over for now. Um, we've got the passing of Jordan. Uh, we've lost Minardi. They're now going to be um, uh, Squadra Toro Rosso. Yeah, yeah. And we've lost Paul Stoddart, and that's a real shame. I think he's a fantastic character and, and really committed to the sport, genuinely committed. Uh, Weber's result in his uh, first race in Australia was absolutely unforgettable. Uh, so, you know, I think yeah, we will always remember that. wasn't it? That's sixth place. For that. yeah. And um, looking forward briefly now, we've got a bit of a gap before the first race, but it starts in Bahrain next year, I'm yep. told, the new season. And uh, until then, we have the small matter of that other fantastic international motor racing series that's going on, A1GP. Is that going to be interesting enough to keep us going through the next I six months? I think it is. I think that's going to be a very exciting series to watch. And, of course, uh, you're watching it from, you know... A slightly better vantage point than most of us. I am actually usually stood in between Scott Speed's car and uh, Robbie Kerr's uh, car. Or they're, certainly their garages, the British and the yeah, American garage. It's a dangerous garage. place to be between those two cars. It, it certainly is a dangerous place to be. But um, uh, more on A1GP a little bit later in this episode uh, of Gareth Jones on Speed. But for now, F1 Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, in association with SniffPetrol.com, Gareth Jones on Speed proudly presents the world of motoring according to Sniff Petrol. In this podcast, driving impressions of the Bugatti Veyron. Sato completes the set by crashing into himself. Oh, that really hurt! But first, the Tokyo Motor Show is in Tokyo. We sent a man called Alan to have a look. Hello, I'm Alan. On arriving at the Tokyo Show, the first thing to strike me was a door. It's true what they say. When in Japan, do as the Japanese do, and learn their words for exit only. 
One of the most remarkable things about this motor show is the crazy concept cars. Star of the Honda stand was the HTEC Smooth Wipe. This glimpse into the quite distant future has three and a half wheels and runs exclusively on soups. Over at Toyota, the biggest draw was the radical Type X banjo Mr. Grimsdale. Powered by the medium of thought, this concept can only be seen by ducks. Suzuki wowed showgoers with its innovative System J Morton Harkett 808 concept, featuring doors made of nitrogen and an onboard cheese. Finally, Subaru's glimpse of tomorrow's world was the excellent P-style Widdicom X. Featuring a completely see-through steering wheel, this environmental concept car dissolves in water. That's it from the Tokyo show. I learned a lot here, especially about pressing unmarked buttons on your hotel room lavatory. Meanwhile, Jensen Button is going to the cinema with his girlfriend. So, Jensen, what do you want to see? Definitely, I want to watch Serenity. No, wait, I want to watch Broken Flowers. I think Broken Flowers gives me the best chance of enjoying watching a film this season. Right. Two tickets for Broken Flowers, please. No, definitely. Um, I want to go and see Serenity. Definitely. Meanwhile, over in Norfolk, as Lotus releases first details of its new Europa, based once again on the Elise platform, we spoke to one of the company's engineers. So, uh, David Spork, how long do you think Lotus can endlessly spin more cars off the Elise platform? Well, we were so pleased with the Elise platform that we decided, rather than come up with a new idea, we'd just rehash an old one. So now we have the Elise, the Exige, our new track car, the Europa, and this platform is so versatile, it can be a roadster platform, a coupe platform, a racing car platform, a station platform. You're very tall for someone from Norfolk. No, I'm wearing platforms. began last month, A1 Grand Prix, the World Cup of Motorsport, has already drummed up quite a following, and not just from established racing nations either. Pakistan, an aspiring newcomer to international motorsport, is fielding a team in A1 GP, and their driver, Yorkshire-born Adam Khan, is making a name for himself and for Pakistan as a competitive force. Recently, I got the chance to have a chat with Adam and congratulated him on the magnificent pace he's shown in the races so far. He's youthful, Anglo-Asian and full of natural talent. So how does he rate himself against the competition on the A1 grid? You never quite know. You're going up against, you know, Jos Verstappen or, you know, whoever. And you think to yourself, bloody hell, you know, the guy's done F1 for six seasons. Gulp. And you're sitting there and you think to yourself, can I really do it? But then when you actually beat them, you know you can do it. And that's just a great feeling. Did you start with karting? Tell me your, your whole story, your route. Basically, I was on school holidays I was 16 years old this was in 2001 in August we were in a supermarket I was with my father and he bumped into this old friend of his who then invited us to the Donington Park racetrack never been there before only ever seen Formula 1 on the TV and obviously I'd been a petrolhead I knew everything about road cars and all that kind of stuff you know was absolutely mad about cars although I'd never driven one I didn't do any go-karting or anything, this is just how it happened. I met this team owner in the paddock and he took a shine to me, he showed me all the cars and said, right, what's that one? 
and I knew all about them. He said to me, "Okay, do you want to have a go at driving one?" So he took me up into his um, transporter and uh, showed me his Porsche that he had up there. It was a, a Le Mans spec Porsche. I was like, "Wow, amazing!" He said, "Would you like to have a go in it?" Just like that, and I was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> and I was just absolutely gobsmacked. He said he got his um, racing driver from out after the race and said, "Okay, this is Adam. He wants to get a racing license. Can you help him?" Took me down to Silverstone the next day, enrolled me on this course for five days, and um, I got a license. And basically, I knew I was pretty good at driving because I started the course not knowing how to drive a car at all. I was taught how to use a clutch and everything literally the day before, and then at the end, I ended up winning both races against some you know pretty good go karters and you know guys who drive high performance cars on the road and so on so I managed to beat all of them just snowballed on from there I was at school at the time just starting my A-levels and I came back in December to do um, some racing in the Winter Series Championship Formula Ford and um, I finished runner-up in that first time out against drivers who'd done it before so um, I then went back to school again for the following year and came back I did two Formula 3 tests in the summer and um, I came back in the winter to the British F3 Winter Series Championship, which is a really big step up now. No driving in between that, so it was quite daunting, really. But um, I did very well in that, and um, I finished runner-up in the scholarship class, and I won my second-ever F3 race in my class. I got drive of the day in the motorsport and all that kind of stuff, so I was really happy about that, showing off to one mate's like, yeah, school, you know, I'm doing F3 now, and, you know, they're thinking, cool, he's going to go into F1 pretty soon, you know. And soon after that race... I got an endorsement from uh, Eddie Jordan. He sort of said, yeah, you know, Adam's a you know, good guy, you know, watch out for him in the future and so on. That, yeah. That's worth a lot, isn't it, something like it that? Is. From somebody like Eddie Jordan to say that, you know, it was glowing with pride, you know. I did some races the following year in Europe when I was off from school at the weekends and half term and so on. I did uh, five races in Renault V6 in, in Europe, which is a pretty high, high-powered car. And um, I raced around Monaco and Donington Park and Barcelona and Spa and some of the good tracks, which was good experience for the A1, really. And then um, I went back the following year and did some racing in British F3 because I took a gap year off from school because I was going to go into university, which I did September last year. And I've just finished my first year at university. And now, I'm glad to say, I've got a year out again from university and... I'm now doing racing full-time, and I hope it continues to go full-time as well for me. The great story that everyone talks about, uh, and concerning you and being a, a here race go. driver... Here it comes again. Yeah, <laughs> is, ...is the deal with you and a driving licence. Explain. Well, Gareth, I don't have a road car driving licence. But you're one of the quickest guys in a race car out there. Well, I like to think so. It's one of those things, because I never got a chance to get a, a road car licence. I think it takes too long to get one. I've never really tried because I've never had a window of opportunity to go and get one either I've been at school or I'm racing or, you know, university or whatever. And also living in London for the past year, I didn't really need one, um, even though legally I should have been able to get one quite easily. Although thinking about that, because of my on-track exploits, I think I'd probably get banned on the road, to be honest with you. Because, you know, I'd probably tot up a zillion points in a day. The other classic question I, I'm obliged to ask you is, uh, what's the reaction back home? But the question is, where is back home? Is it Pakistan or is it Yorkshire? Well, we've had good reaction from both, actually. I visited the Pakistan embassy only a few days ago and I met the ambassador there. Um, I was invited up there as sort of a guest of honour, so that I was incredibly proud about that. And everybody was saying, what a fantastic job. And 
the country's all behind you, Adam, so keep at it and keep going. Yeah, I'm incredibly proud for that. And also back home in Yorkshire as well. I've had um, good radio coverage and um, a lot, obviously a lot of the British Asians who are very similar to myself from not being born in Pakistan but you know, having those cultural roots and so on up in Bradford, Leeds, uh, East Yorkshire, West Yorkshire. Um, it's, you know, I've had a very, very good press coverage there so I'm very pleased about that as well. Hopefully you know, the people power will help me. Ken Carroll, Bridget Ken. Jensen Button. Juan Pablo. Montoya. Fernando Alonso. I like them, they did crash. I'm very pleased to say that, uh, as ever, you guys have been writing to us here at uh, on speed at GarethJones.tv. Uh, a couple of mails. The first one, which comes from San Francisco in California. Oh, no, good here. We've got some listeners on the other side of the pond. Hey, great show, guys. I noticed that uh, throughout the year, Fernando Alonso's English has got better and better. And he's even started to lose his Spanish accent. In fact, when you interviewed him the other week, he sounded positively British. Can you explain this? That's from Nigel Phillips, San Francisco, California. Zog, the explanation? Well, you know, he's working in an international market, so, you know, working and working with a lot of English guys, obviously, uh, at Enston. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's rubbing off. He's picking up the language. Yeah. But uh, When we interviewed him, I mean, are you certain it was actually Fernando Alonso you interviewed? He was wearing the overalls, just the right height. I, I, I think it was Fernando. It looked like Fernando. What can I say? Was he sort of a little bit grumpy around about bedtime? He wasn't really good at staying up late, you know, and he was, he was kind of fidgety, you know. Sounds like it definitely was Fernando Alonso to me. Uh, another mail now. This one from Peter Thomas from Henley-on-Thames in Oxfordshire, England. My wife and I enjoy listening to your show together. We both love cars and driving. However, because I have to commute 40 miles and back every day into central London, my wife has been putting pressure on me to buy a Toyota Prius. If I buy one, am I letting the side down? Peter Thomas, Henley-on-Thames, Oxfordshire, England. Hmm. Interesting problem, that, Peter. Zog, buying a hybrid, I mean, does that mean that you're, you're, you're anti-petrol? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, we've got to look to the future. You know, we like speed, we like cars, but uh, we can't go on burning fossil fuels forever. There is no long-term future in it, and anyone that doesn't recognise that, you know, is an idiot, frankly. So, it, you know, the official, if you like, corporate line from Gareth Jones on speed is... If motor racing suddenly adopted hybrid technology for its cars, we'd be chuffed to bits, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And actually, I've just thought of another thing there, Peter. I mean, you could buy a Prius or you could tell um, Mrs. Thomas that the uh, the Lexus, the uh, the 400H, which has got a hybrid quality to its engine, you could tell her that that was exempt from the congestion charge as well, couldn't you? Because it is a hybrid. That's not a bad idea. And, yeah. and you get reasonable performance from that. And there you go. You, you think you're apparently doing your bit for environment, but still driving quite a handy motor. i tell you what I'm looking forward to on this note. I'm looking forward to something like the equivalent of the aerial atom, which is, uh, you know, maybe fuel cell-powered, hydrogen-powered. Oh, yeah. yeah. Possibly hybrid, but really stripped down, really lightweight, no excess energy soaked up by air conditioning, electric windows, rubbish like that. Really stripped down, beautiful bit of engineering. That's what I'm looking forward to. Tell you what, Zog, I think Volkswagen have just announced uh, a concept car called the Eco Racer, which is almost exactly what you've just described. It's kind of like an Elise with, a, I think, a 1.5-litre turbocharged diesel engine. I mean, that's it's pretty sporty, but it's pretty eco-friendly too. 
Okay, well, maybe I should be checking that out. Let's, uh, let, I must find out some more about that one. So, um, Peter, let's just be clear on this, right? We do describe this show as um, a show for petrol heads, but the truth is it's a show for people like driving fast no matter what the power source is. That's it. This next mail comes from Peter van den Pla in Amsterdam. That's a good motoring name, van den Pla, isn't very it? Very good. Yeah. Uh, and Peter says the following. I was very pleased to see that uh, Fernando Alonso was recording We Are The Champions by Queen. I was wondering if you were knowing if any other motor racing drivers were to record other Queen songs. Zog, we can make a few suggestions, can't we? I think we can think of a couple. I'd start with Under Pressure. Who's that then? Jacques Villeneuve. Very good. Okay, how about Fat Bottom Girls? Uh, which would be... Eddie Irvine. He never discriminates, does Very he? Very good. Uh, or we could have Another One Bites the Dust by the entire Minardi team. Oh, excellent. And how about Who Wants to Live Forever? Takuma Sato. <laughs> uh, we could have Death on Two Legs. Uh, and who's that? Takuma Sato. <laughs> the Invisible Man. By? Patrick Freisacker. When did he vanish from F1? I don't hardly know. And uh, Now I'm Here... Oh, who's that then? Nico Rosberg. Oh, he's arrived, doesn't yeah. he? Very good. And how about uh, I Want to Break Free, finally, from... Go on, then. Jensen Button. <laughs> now, um, a big thanks to all of you who wrote in with suggestions for car connections. You may remember in the last episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, we asked you to draw a better connection between the Opal Frogster concept car and the Hummer H2 now, the best that we could come up with was that they were both rubbish off-road. Yes, and that I think we wouldn't be seen dead driving either of them. That's right, yeah. But the of all the suggestions we have, I think probably the very best one comes from someone called Michael. He doesn't tell us where he's from, so we can't do a silly accent for him. But he says the link between the Hummer and the Tigra concept car, we know he means um, Frogster. The Frogster, yeah. Uh, that. Was that they were both owned by Fernando Alonso, aged Ah, oh, that's very astute of him. Hola, I won the championship with maybe not the best car, so I am proud of what I did. I like paella. It was our own Fernando Alonso. Our very own Fernando Alonso impersonator. Who did own both those cars. Yeah. So, Michael, we will write to you, we'll, we'll get your address, and we'll send you the prize in that competition, which is this really cool Lola Heritage racing hat, which has been signed in English by Basil Shaban, who almost got a point for the Lebanese A1 GP team in the last race, and Khalil Bashir, the driver who survived a horrific crash at Brantach. Michael, thank you very much indeed for that, and uh, thanks to anyone who writes into the show. If you want to write to us, the address is... Onspeed at garethjones.tv and uh, you can write to us about anything you want and we'll find something interesting to say about it. Well, that's a theory anyway. The world of motoring according to Sniff Petrol. People whose names sound like F1 drivers, number one. Hello, I'm Lorraine Carthacayan. You wouldn't believe some of the posts I get. Meanwhile, at the former MG Rover factory in Longbridge, the Chinese lift and shift operation continues apace. OK, we need to roll this equipment onto the lorry to take it to China... Uh, somewhere safe. Not now, mate. It's me lunch break. I only get one hour. Union rules. Oh, my God, this is unbelievable. These people are communists. Hey. Meanwhile, Jensen Button is going for a meal with his girlfriend. 
So, uh, what do you fancy eating tonight, Jensen? Definitely, let's go for a curry. Uh, no, no, I want to go for a Chinese. Curry doesn't offer me the best opportunities for digestive success later this forthcoming evening. I want a Chinese. Good. Chinese food it is, then. Mm. How's your crispy duck, gents? Definitely. I want a chicken booner. Definitely. That's all we've got time for. Just some late news coming in. Flushed by the success of the Golf Plus, Volkswagen announces the Polo Minus. I like it, says Frankie Dettori. So do I, adds Ronnie Corbett yesterday. Just time to go back to our road test of the Bugatti Veyron. Nigel Mansell's voice becomes just one long noise. Well, obviously I'm very disappointed about this. Murray. It was normal. Richard Porter of Sniff Petrol, who created the, those inserts for Gareth Jones on Speed today, joins us in the uh, Gareth Jones on Speed living room. Richard, nice, nice to have you with us, man. I'm like the bad penny, I'm back again. Sorry. <laughs> now, at, at this point in uh, Gareth Jones on Speed, uh, we like to play the game Carnections. And uh, I usually, Sog, I ask you to explain what Carnections is all about. But as Richard's here today, Richard, will you explain what it is? Um, yes, essentially you play cards and remove a piece of clothing every time you... Uh, l- no, oh, no, 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 no. That's the other game, the yeah, other yeah, game. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not that Sorry. One, no. um, yes, we're shown two cars <laughs> and uh, we have to guess a link between them. Uh, it can be completely abstract or a literal link. But the thing is that we don't know, we, and we genuinely do not know what these two cars are going to be. We found different ways of generating those two cars o- over the few editions of Gareth Jones and Speed that's been up to now. That's right. You know, it can be, we can, if you're actually in a car, you just pick cars at random that are coming the other way down the road, or uh, in a previous week, Violet was uh, picking cards from a top Trump's deck. Uh, and, and today, Violet has created this inspired way of choosing cars from the world of video games. I don't know if you know, but Violet is uh, Britain's leading oh, game, girl gamer. It's true. It's, it's official. It I said it on a website somewhere. Yeah. Violet Berlin is Britain's leading girl gamer. And so, uh, V, are you going to be able to um, do that? You're going to have to come over and find a microphone to explain instead of playing with that video game. There. Or shout quite loud. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll bring a mic over to you. No, Why not? No, 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 no. What? It's more fiendish than that. Hang on. I should point out that right now, Violet is standing in front of our television with a a PS2 controller in hand and has a version of Gran Turismo. Which one is this? Uh, Four. Okay, I'm set up now. Right, so this is the fiendish plan that you're going to actually choose your own cars. We choose our own cars? Is that going to make it a bit easier? So I'm just going to randomly now hand the controller to Richard and ask you to close your eyes, Richard. Okay, um, you're opening your eyes. Close your eyes. I, I, no, I'm opening my eyes uh, because I have to ask a question. Which button do I press? Okay, I'll, I'll guide your thumb. Okay. Okay, right, now there. Now right. just hit it a few times, okay? And, and when, Oh, okay. Okay, and just keep hitting random buttons. Random buttons? <laughs> I should point out that we're on the one of the selection <laughs> schemes of Gran Turismo okay, 4. You've got a car. You've got a car. You've got a car. 
Lord. And also, uh, a plane approaching Heathrow has just diverted onto a main road. I just hit a lot of buttons. So, um, basically, Richard was playing Gran Turismo 4, and um, I got him to close his eyes and hit random buttons, and he's gone into a garage and selected, accidentally, a Zara? Is that what you call that car? That's a Citroën Zara VTR, yes. Citroën Zara VTR. That is the three-door version of the Zara. Okay, we've got to generate another car now. So do we get him out of this screen? Yeah, let's get Zog to do that. So if you pass it on to Zog, Richard, and if you get back onto the home screen, Zog, I know you've played this game far uh, too much. I think I probably have. And... um, then I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and randomly stab the buttons okay. to find a car. Okay, so this is far far enough back up, yes? Yeah, that's far okay. enough back. I'm shutting now, my eyes. close your eyes and okay. hit random buttons. Okay, I'm... Wig- um, I'm now, wig- I would be not surprised, because Zog's played this so much, okay. that um, if he actually could play this game with his eyes shut. Yeah, yeah I'm not so, sure if I'd, uh, I'd get very good... Uh, he, make very good track to? times. What what on earth are you Well, um, unfortunately, due to the randomness of no, this... No, oh, hang on, we've produced a car. We've produced a car. Are we there? That is... I can, can I see. My eyes? Yes, you can. It is a Honda ah. Civic. Is that the Type R, Richard? Would you say? Is that a Type Could R? Be, yes, it the, is. Look, uh, you can see the Japan only Civic Type R of the old shape. Yeah, it is. You can see it says Type R just in front of the rear wheel there in that oh, little yeah. panel there. Yeah. So we've got to find a connection between the Honda Civic Type R and the. Citroen Zara, what was it called? The VTR. VTR. Okay, boys, your time starts now. Straight out of the box, um, from the obvious corner, can I say that they both involve the letter R in their (laughs) names? But Ah. you see, I would would suggest, and I subscribe to this theory for a while, that the letter R is, in car terms, the sportiest letter you can have. I promise yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. GTR, yeah. Yeah. Volvo oh. V70R. The GT the, XLR, that uh, was the old Capri. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a Subaru Legacy 3-litre R. The Concept R. Yeah. Isn't there a Lotus that, uh, Lotus something? Um, the 340R. 340R, yes, yeah. there's also yeah. the uh, uh, the Elise 111 And do you know why R. they why they always call it the R? You know, because when they're struggling to find a Designed name for the car, Cornwall. they say, what are we going to call it? Well, we're going to call it the 340 uh Yes, <laughs> Yeah, like it. Okay, actually, I can, I can, uh, I can trump that one. I can trump that one. Not only have they both got an R in their name, right? They've also got a T in their name as well. Ah, damn your fiendishness, Jones. <laughs> okay, uh, they're both front-wheel drive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... They're both foreign manufacturers who have built cars in the UK. Citroen used to build cars. In the UK. Ah, and the first car they built in the UK was the Light 15. The Light, a which, very famous French car, but built in Britain. Yeah, yeah built in Slough, wasn't it? It was, yes. And the uh, the Honda Civic, to this day, is built in Swindon. Believe the truth. This is fact. They also built the 2CV in Britain. And uh, a funny little uh, 2CV-based sports car, in inverted commas, called the Bijou. Fact. Wow. Um, could I also say that uh, both cars are made by car companies that bear the surname of the man who founded them, and you don't get that with a Deu. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Siroshu Honda? Yeah, yeah. uh, Sotiro Honda, I think it's pronounced. Anton Citroen. Andre Andre Andre. Citroen. Can I just interrupt? I think that is the best car connection so far. The uh, the surname one is brilliant. So So the the, the winner is Richard Porter from Snuff Patrol.
should I ask you to race them now in Gran Turismo? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that next time round. We'll bring the results next time. I, I think, depending on the driving, that Type R is going to clobber, isn't it? I yeah. think, oh yeah, a no contest. Well, uh, you've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed and we've been playing Car Connections. That's it. You've been listening to the fourth ever episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones, and uh, next week I'm going to be Michael Collins, the member of the Apollo 11 crew who no one ever remembers. I'm Violet Berlin, and next week I'm going to be Sharon Osborne. Oh, good idea. Yes, I like the new hair, by the way, Sharon. Very good, yes. Uh, Richard Porter from Sniff Petrol. Uh, next week I'm going to be the inert gas Argon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very stable, just remember that. <laughs> and finally, Zog, who are you going to be? Uh, I think I'm going to be Scarlett Johansson. I think I can amuse myself. Endless fun. Are, are you going Scarlet, to be Scarlett? Do you like inert gases? <laughs> we could go to dinner and discuss my stability. I think we ought to move on. Zog, before we finish, uh, and we're going to finish on an appropriate piece of music today recorded by Zog, as ever. Zog, it's an anthem. Which anthem and in what style this week? Well, to celebrate Renault's victory in the Formula One Constructor Championship, we have the French National Anthem. Them in the style of speed metal. Thank you very much, Sog. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 Jensen Button has some bad news for his girlfriend. (laughs) Jensen, I can't believe you're breaking up with me. Definitely. I believe that being single offers me the best chance of success at the nightclub I'm going to tomorrow. Fine. Get out. Louise, I love you. Will you go out with me? Definitely. Um, definitely. Gareth Jones on Speed was a decisive production. Definitely. Definitely.